Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, happy Mother's Day. I want to welcome you to Blue Ridge Church, whether you're joining us with our online campus or you're here in person. To all our moms, happy Mother's Day. For you to take time out of really what is your special day to be with us, to worship with us means a lot. I hope you have a big day planned. I will tell you that the donuts in the lobby are special Mother's Day donuts, all right? When you eat one of those donuts, if you're a mother, they don't count. There's no calories in them. So if you want to get another one on your way out, you help yourself. But again, thank you so much for being here. And if this is your first time joining us either online or in person, we're in a series right now called Pray. And what we're talking about is the significance of prayer in our relationship with the Lord and why prayer is important. We're not talking about, you know, pointing fingers, well, you, you haven't prayed this way, you haven't prayed about this, or you don't pray the right way, or you don't pray enough. This is about all of us learning really the importance of prayer and trying to take our prayer to the next level. And we should be praying daily. We, we talked about that a little bit last week, even if it's a long time, even if it's for a short amount of time, because there's things that we need to pray about and there's things we need prayer for, right? A lot of you, you woke up today and there was something that you needed in prayer. There's always something to pray about. I mean, you look at our, our country. Our country needs prayer, right? Our leaders need prayer. For goodness sakes, the Congress and the Senate need a lot of prayers, right? But our local authorities need prayer. Uh, first responders need prayer. Churches need prayer. Schools, our schools are, are kind of winding down for the year. They need prayer. There's always something to pray about. And, and you think about moms on Mother's Day. They need prayer, right? I guarantee you, your mom prays a lot for you or has prayed a lot for you, we need to pray for our moms. There's always something we can pray about. So let me ask you a question. Where is it this week that you need God to come through? What is it that you in particular need prayer for this week? Because we asked that question last week, right? You know, I think we worded it, you know, what do you need God to heal in your life? What area do you need him to come through. And I bet whatever it is that you need this week is different than what you needed last week. So how do we approach that? How do we offer those prayers to God? What, what is it that we need to pray about? And last week we talked about how, uh, you know, we got to have this consistency, but we have to listen in prayer, right? We have to listen to God. And listening's twofold. Not only do we hear from God, but we have to be prepared to respond to God. And we got to let God know that it's important to us and how serious it is. So this week, I'm going to kind of start off with a downer, and that's this. Uh, probably the frustrating part about prayer is most of the time we don't get an instant answer to our prayers. And that can be frustrating, right? You know, sometimes that happens to people. They pray for something, and boom, they get an answer or something happens, but often it's not an instant answer to prayer. All the scripture verses we use today are going to be on that church center app 
or you can scan the QR code in front of you. But here's our first passage, Psalm 77, verse 2. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and would not be comforted. So I think that's what we have to really try to learn. How do we search for the Lord in prayer? How do we search for God in prayer? And we're going to look at a familiar passage to some of you, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. So I want to read it. And you can follow along on the side screens. But it says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So God says through the Apostle Paul here, there's four things we need to do. If we're going to have peace in our prayers, peace in our, in our life. So last week we identified what we wanted God to heal in our life. So how do we pray for that? And this week you probably woke up with something else that you needed prayer for. How do we pray for that? How do we pray for other things? What steps should we take, right, when it comes to making prayer requests to God? And this verse, if you, if you kind of break it down, first of all, it says we're not to worry, that we're to pray, right? We're to tell God what we need, and then we're to thank God for what he's done. And that verse says that if we'll do that, then we will have peace. Even in the midst of the things we're praying for, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of tragedy, we can have peace. Well, why does God promise that? Why does he promise us that if we'll do this, that we'll have peace? Well, because if you go back to the beginning of that verse, God doesn't want us to worry. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. He doesn't want us to be filled with anxiety and filled with fear and filled with worry and, and fretting all the time about this and that. And if you think about this passage we're looking at, this is the hardest thing for us to do. Or if it's not the hardest, it's one of the hardest things for us to do, to not worry about anything. But it's probably also one of the most important things that we can do is to not worry. Worry just robs us of time. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6.37. I'm sorry, 6.34. Give your entire attention to God, to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now, most of us could, could probably give a testimony to that. Yeah, God, God gave me what I needed when this came up or when that happened. The problem is we spend all of our time worrying, especially if you're a mom. I know how much moms worry. You worry about your families. You worry about your job. You worry about your kids and their well-being. We worry about what's going to happen or what could happen or what may not happen, right? We worry about the future. We worry about the past, Worry about things we've done and things we've said, things we didn't do, things we should have done, things that we did 
do. When we do that, all it does is rob us of today, right? It robs us of time. That's why God says, don't worry. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Focus on today. Because all it does, if we, if we worry, is it just messes us up in the present. The Bible tells us, too, that no matter how much I worry or how much you worry, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything at all. Matthew 6, 27, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So what's God say? He says to pray instead. So you can think of prayer, and as we get into this and we talk about how we got to pray every day, think of prayer as an antidote to worry, because really that's what he's saying. So if you've got a worrying problem, if you're one of those moms that worries about everything, get a praying problem, because it's an antidote to worry when we pray. And, and if you think about it, worry is a form of control right? We feel like the more we worry about something, the more we control it. But we don't. The more I worry about this, the more maybe I can manipulate the situation. We can't change the outcome. We can't make something better just simply by worrying. All worrying does is mess you up in the present. So learning number one, if you're taking notes or following along with our notes, when worry is when we neglect our relationship with God and focus on ourselves. Mm, that's pretty harsh, but that's what worry is. So when we find ourselves, and we all do it, when we find ourselves starting to worry about something, we have to change our focus. And what's the focus? Start praying instead. God says, I don't want you to worry. Instead, why don't you pray? And the key to beating worry and getting past worry is not to say, well, I'm just never going to worry again in my life. The key is to shift our focus on something else. And the something else that God gives us is to pray. He says, pray about everything. That means there's nothing too small in your life to pray about. There's nothing too big that we can't pray about. If it's worth you worrying about it, guess what? It's worth you praying about it. That's what God's trying to tell us. And, and people will say, well, I don't know what to pray about. Start with people. Start with people. Pray for those that are closest to you. If you have a spouse, pray for your spouse. If you have kids, pray for your kids. If you have grandkids, pray for them. And then work your way out of that circle. You've prayed for your family, pray for local leaders. Pray for law enforcement. Pray for, you know, a teacher. Pray for people who are sick. Pray for the elderly. Pray for those with struggles or, or disabilities. Pray for people who don't have a relationship with Christ, that God wouldn't give up on them. You can pray for children. If we start to think about things that we can pray for, the list is endless. Right? So sometimes when I start praying, I'll just pray for people. That's where I'll start. And again, you can pray for people close to you. You can pray for people far away from you. You can pray for yourself. You're a person. Pray for your friends. If you don't have any friends, pray that God will give you some friends, right? But pray for your friends. 
Job 42.10 says, When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. So what if after praying for people, you pray for things? Not like, you know, give me a new Maserati or a new truck, you know, but pray for things like pray for your mind and pray for your heart. I like to think about the things the Bible tells us about things, and then we can pray for those things. Like, for example, we know our heart is what? It's the wellspring of life, right? We know what's in the heart is going to come out in our life. And, but we also know that our hearts are, are deceitful, right? The Scripture tells us our heart is desperately wicked. So why can't we move that onto the front of our prayer? God, protect my heart. Guard my heart. Keep my heart from deceit. He, he's warned us in the Scripture this is a possibility so we could pray for that. We could pray for our mind. Lord, help me to protect my mind. Help me to control my mind. A lot of the things that God asks us to do, we can just pray on the front end. When you don't have anything to pray, pray for those things. We know Jesus calls us to be more loving, right? Greatest commandment, love God, love people. Lord, help me to be more patient. Help me to be more loving. Help me to be more gentle. Maybe it's something you struggle with. That's a thing. Maybe it's something we've talked about on a Sunday, and you're like, man, I, I struggle with this. You can pray about that. God, help me to beat this. Help me to overcome this. We can pray about our time, right? Time's the most precious resource we have. God, help me to enjoy my time today. Help me to make good use of my time. Help me to enjoy the people that I'm around. We can pray about our day. Sometimes as soon as I wake up, I'll just pray about my day. And I've always, you know, I got my day lined up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this accomplished, this done. God, you know what my day looks like, but you can do whatever you want in the midst of my day. Just give God permission to do that as you start your day. God, help me to be a good influence on people around me today. You know, help me to react in a positive way. We can pray for those relationships. We can pray for our friendships. The list truly is endless. We really shouldn't draw a blank when we sit down to make a list of the things that we're going to pray for, or when we go to talk to God, we shouldn't draw a blank because there's things all around us when we start thinking people and friends and things that we can pray about. So God says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And then what's the next thing he tells us to do? Tell God what you need. Tell him what you need. 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Now, do you believe that, that God cares about you? That verse says we have a choice. Mom, you've got a choice. All those worries you carry around, we can continue to carry those around, or we can give those to God. How many of us, not just our moms, are, are sitting at home or here today, and we're carrying a load of worries right now? God says, hey, I'll take those if you want me to. Just tell me what you need. 
So think about that right now. What is it that you need today? What is it that's bothering you? What is it that's, that's been constantly on your mind for the past week? Is it a financial provision? Is it a relationship that needs to be repaired or marriage that needs to be fully restored? Is it a job? Maybe you just need prayer for somebody else. Maybe somebody else has constantly been on your mind all week. We need to ask God. We need to tell God what we need. Don't worry, pray, and tell God what you need. Now, I think a precursor to telling God what it is that we need is we need to make sure that we have already done what he's asked us to do. Does that make sense? We, we kind of touched on this last week when we looked at uh, John 15, but we need to make sure we're doing what God's asked us to do. In other words, think about it like this. If you pray for a relationship, God, help me in this relationship. Help this relationship to be restored. Help us to get back on the same page. We got to first make sure we're honoring God in that relationship, right? If it's a dating relationship, are you honoring God with his guidelines for your relationship? In other words, are you honoring God when it comes to sex? Are you honoring God when it comes to humility, are you honoring God when it comes to, uh, you know, love within that relationship? Are we within God's guidelines? Before we ask, we need to make sure of that. Or if it's a financial provision, you know, God, help, help me with this job or help me with this or help me to get out of this. Or are we honoring God with what he's already given us, right, in the way that we handle it? I mean, why would God answer a prayer about something that we're already being disobedient in, Right? So we got to get on the right page with God. It's okay to tell him our heart. It's okay to ask whatever it is that we need. But I think that precursor has to be that we make sure we're doing what God's already told us to do, that we're living our life the way he's already instructed us to live. Psalm 119 verse 10 says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Now, when we ask God to do something or we ask God for things, he's not going to be taken back by our needs or even our desires or our heart. He gave us that heart. It's okay for us to ask him of anything. He may give it to us. He may not give it to us. He may delay in answering us. But what you can be sure of when you go to God in prayer and you ask him anything, he's going to hear you. That is the promise that we have. It doesn't mean he's going to give you what you want, but he will hear us. He's never far away. He's not going to ignore us or turn a deaf ear to us. 1 John 5, 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, what? He hears us. So quick summary. First, we don't worry about anything. And that's going to be really, really difficult to do. And, and again, we got to take our mind off of that worry and we got to put it on something else and we got to put it on prayer. Instead, we're going to pray about everything. And then we're going to tell God what we need, whatever it is, and we're going to make sure we're being obedient in that area already because we may already know what we need to do to fix this or to repair this. And then the last step is to thank God in all things. So learning number two, we need to acknowledge 
all of our blessings and we need to be grateful. Think about this. We love to provide for our kids, right? Those of you that have kids. If, if you got grandkids, you love to do things for your grandkids. We, we kind of spoil our children and our grandchildren. If your kid is never appreciative of the things you do for them or your grandkids or they never thank you, how motivated are you going to be to continue to do things for them in the future? <laughs> Not as motivated, right? And I don't know that God doesn't really necessarily act that way, but I think we have to be grateful to God for what he's already done for us, right? The blessings that we already have. And he does say no matter what we ask, we need to ask in gratitude, right? Look at First uh, Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So I think a, a thankful heart is key to figuring out what God's will is for us in our life. Now I hear people say, well, you know, God's never done anything for me. I'm struggling. I'm broke. I don't have any relationships. I'm whatever. Listen, if we've got life, then we've got something to be thankful for, right? That is a blessing that we can thank God for another day on this earth. If we have our hearing or our sight, right? That's a blessing. Most people in our culture, not everybody, but most people in our country at least have basic needs met. Food and clothing. And a lot of people have, have shelter. That's something we can be thankful for. We need to have a heart of gratitude when we talk to God for the things he's already done for us. We need to give thanks for those things. And listen, God only says to be thankful in circumstances, right? He doesn't say to be that we have to be thankful for circumstances, and there's a big, a big difference. There's a lot of bad circumstances in the world, right? There's a lot of evil in the world, terrible tragedy in the world. We don't have to be thankful for those things, but when we have to endure those things, then we have to be thankful. So we're thankful in all circumstances, not necessarily four circumstances. Does that make sense? And I think that's very eye-opening because we can be thankful in a circumstance, even if it's a terrible circumstance, knowing that God's going to bring good out of that. That's his promise. Doesn't mean it's going to be good for us. Doesn't mean it's going to be good for our family, but it could be and it will be good for someone or something. You've all seen this, how God brings good out of even the most difficult situations. And, and I think a way to be thankful in circumstances, even if it's a, a bad circumstance, is to ask God, God, what do you want me to learn through this? What do you want to teach me through the circumstance? I'm not pleased that I'm going through it, but I'm going to be thankful. What do you want me to learn? The truth is we don't learn much in the victories in life. We don't learn from the trophies on the, on the shelf or all the accolades. We we learn from our mistakes, right? Case in point, my youngest daughter, who I'm not going to mention her name, but Nicole works at Virginia Tech. And Tech has these auctions every single month. And they auction off all their surplus and things that are used and they're getting rid of. And you can find some pretty good deals. Well, she was all excited this week because she was bidding 
on this commercial uh, elliptical machine that she was going to put in her basement. And she texts me and she says, hey, I got it. I need your help. We got to go pick it up on Saturday. And so I started to think, and she had sent me the link earlier to this machine and I didn't pay any attention. And I started to think, well, I wonder how much this thing weighs. Well, dad, it only weighs 371 pounds. Okay, that's not going to work. And then I'm thinking, okay, she's got seven and a half foot ceilings in her basement. How big is this thing if it's a commercial life exercise machine? So we get there yesterday, and I got my tape measure, you know, got the trailer that I borrowed from a buddy of mine. And we go in there, and I, I see this machine. I'm thinking, oh, that's it. And then there's this massive thing beside it. I'm like, oh, dear Lord, this is, this is not going to work. So she's pretty tall. So I, I get her on the thing, and, you know, Dad's got his tape measure, and I'm measuring. And I'm like, it, to the top of your head's like 96 inches. This isn't going to work. Every time you go up on that thing, you're going to smash your head on the ceiling, and then you're going to have to go to a chiropractor. This. So we had to kind of tuck tail and tell the guy, hey, you know, sorry, you know, I know there's no refunds, but we can't take this thing. He said, ah, no problem. People do this all the time. Do you think she learned anything from that? Do you think dear old dad learned anything that maybe he needs to pay closer attention to the text messages that it, his daughter sends him? We don't learn from when things go great. We learn when we make mistakes. And so when we're going through things and they're learning experiences, we got to ask God, what is it you want me to pick up from this? What is it you want me to learn? And I think one of the best ways we can be thankful to God for what he's done for us, like we talked about last week, we got our prayer list, whether it's on a piece of paper or a note on your phone, make a thanks list. Just go through and write down all the things you're thankful for. Just like the things you're praying for, put a column on that piece of paper, and I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. It will blow your mind. I went through this exercise this week. It will blow your mind how many things that you're truly thankful for. And we can then give God thanks in all things. Psalm 118, verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is endures forever. I think the thanks part of this passage we're looking at is probably the easiest for us to do because it's hard not to worry. It's hard to pray about anything and everything. It's hard to tell God what we need sometimes because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to be greedy. We don't want to be this or that, but we can give thanks all the time. And if we do these four things we've talked about, what's the payoff? It's learning number three. When we pray instead of worrying, when we tell God what we need and appreciate what God's done, we experience peace. A peace, the Bible says, that guards our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. In other words, that peace gives our heart rest and our mind rest. That's what I want. That's what we should be praying for our moms today, that their hearts are at rest and their minds are at rest, their souls are at rest. Because what does that mean? Less stress, less turmoil, less anxiety. So as we get in the habit of prayer and we start to try to do these four things, not to worry, to pray about everything, to tell God what we need and to thank him, 
Here's his final instructions, and it's in the very next verse, Philippians 4.8. He says, focus on the most excellent things. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, how often do we do that? How often are we thinking in life about the most excellent things, those things that are worthy of praise? Think about how hard it is to control this, our mind. Often, we focus on the lies. This says to focus your thoughts on what is true. We focus on the negative and the lies. Why? Because we're bombarded with that constantly. In the world, constantly lies to us. Do you know this? You lie to yourself. I lie to myself. We'll tell ourselves, well, things are good, and they're not that good. Or we'll, we'll tell our thing, ourselves that things aren't that bad, and they are bad. We lie to ourselves all the time. But then you turn around, and, and culture lies to us constantly. The world says things like, well, if you don't look a certain way, and if, if you're not this size or that size, then you don't matter. That's a lie. Our culture says, well, if you don't make this much money and if you don't live here and if you don't achieve this, then you don't matter. That's a lie. We all matter. The world is full of lies. So we have to not focus on that and focus on the most excellent things. How do I know everybody matters? Because we're all God's children right? That's what makes your neighbor that keeps cutting their grass on your side of the line matter because your neighbor's a child of God. That's what makes your mom matter even if you didn't have a great relationship with your mom growing up because she gave you life and she's a child of God. She matters. That's what makes your boss that you sometimes just can't see eye to eye with matter because they're a child of God. That's what makes every single person on this planet important. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what people around them say, because they're a child of God. Isaiah 41.10, I love this verse. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You know what that verse says? That verse says that you have incredible worth to God because you're his child. He loves you. So when you pray, instead of worrying, when you pray about anything and everything and you tell God what you need and you thank him for what he's done, remember that when you approach the Lord in prayer, you've got incredible value to him. And he wants to hear from you. So hopefully, looking at this verse, which is familiar to a lot of us, will help us all to be a little bit more effective maybe in our prayers or better to organize our prayers. You know, this whole week, that's what I've done. You know, as soon as I start worrying, I start praying. Let it be a trigger to refocus you to prayer. Let's pray together right now. God, help us to truly turn our worries and our cares and our burdens, especially those things we walked in here with or that we have at home 
watching from home, help us to turn those things over to you. To release the things that we can't control anyway. To allow you to be God and us to simply be your children, your people. God, thank you truly for all you've already done for us. The life you've given us. Lord, we take everything for granted and we forget that. Help us this week not to lose sight of the many blessings that we already have. And God, thank you so much for moms and what they mean to each of us and how much they pour into us. And Lord, I know they're carrying a load, a heavy, heavy load. Help them not to worry. Help them to turn to you. Give them wisdom and guidance. Lord, just help us to know, too, that even when we go through those difficult things in life, we can learn. Instead of focusing on why it's happening to us, help us to focus on what we can learn so we can become more like you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. Amen. As we finish up real quick, uh, if you came today and you're worshiping through generosity, you can do that online or you can do that in the black boxes at the back. Group leader signups are going on right now. If you want to lead a group this summer, you can sign up on that connection card or you can stop by the hub on your way out. The prayer requests that you have, put those on the connection card. We got an incredible prayer team here at the church and that gives them a list of what they can be praying for for you every single day. So I want to encourage you to fill that out. And then May 28th, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday, Memorial Day weekend Sunday, we're not having church here at the building. So if you show up, A, there's not going to be any donuts, and B, there's not going to be anybody here. We're meeting at Bissett Park. We're having an outdoor celebration. We're going to celebrate water baptism. We are going to celebrate child dedication, and we're going to have provide a meal. So all we need to know is if you're coming, let us know you're coming RSVP. So I'll make sure there's plenty of food uh, for everybody. So make sure you put that on your calendar. I hope you have a terrific Mother's Day. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. God bless you guys. We'll see you real soon.